Wubba dubba lubba bitch. I'm just kidding. This Thack Daddy from the Thack Daddy Experience brought to you by DVR Podcast. So, just gonna say stuff. General gist is I'm gonna play what I call a synopsis game. And I may or may not discuss some future diary. I'll try to update some of my viewing habits so I can get into something more contemporary. But I would just like to thank every single person who listens, whether it's three of you or 500 of you. The number doesn't really matter. The appreciation is there because you're taking time out of your existence to listen to my shit. So, it's really appreciated. I'd like to start out by quoting A.C. Ping and stating, Fear never bites as hard as regret. And I take that to mean... In life, we tend to act out of fear more than any other emotion. Fear seems to be the base foundation for anger, hatred, hostility. It all comes down to fear and attempting to protect and shield the ego, which I don't think uh, becomes useful to an individual so it it is what it is but I think it just it just does things to you as a human being it causes you harm and pain and suffering so I don't think that those things are conducive to a happy existence and I'm just throwing that out there synopsis game so I'm just gonna throw out some synopsis stuff and that I'll basically go into what it actually is so quick synopsis a young man in between a state of life and death gets to make new choices with his life when he sees why he must die and how that death allows his loved ones to live. That's the first one. The next one is a fat underachiever's dream of becoming strong and cool comes true when a quirky martial arts master seemingly by accident selects him as a legendary warrior. But the dream is not as it seems and he must confront his notions of self and overcome them to realize his dream. In the sequel, his dark and painful past is brought out into the open and the evil that altered his destiny comes to the forefront of his existence. Now, just for fun, which movies do you think I'm talking about? Okay, well, da 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 da. No long wait for this shit. 
The first one is Donnie Darko, and the last two were Kung Fu Panda 1 and Kung Fu Panda 2. So, let's get into a little bit of the Donnie Darko. In the beginning of the film, and this is all obviously my point of view, beginning of the film, Donnie Darko has basically died but have been brought back to life via Deus Ex Machina or God from the Machine and he was allowed to literally relive his life and make choices out of a state of reckless abandonment at the time he makes these choices that seem almost as if he's in an altered state you can see how those choices impact people and his journey throughout the film is a journey where he gets to explore the greater dimensions of fear and identity <clears throat> and how reacting to the world dictates your experience of the world. So when he has issues with the glorified and beloved televangelist type character played by Patrick Swayze you could see he has a negative reaction because he thinks the guy's full of shit <clears throat> so he ends up setting fire to his home and then they find pornography and things of that nature and that character his reputation is sullied and soiled so it's it's like a reveal and it's the same with his connections to other people such as the connection to Frank spoiler alert if you've never seen Donnie Darko Frank the bunny so to speak is in that particular experience of his existence I think he's a form of Deus Ex Machina acting as a spirit guide to Donnie to have him or influence his choices so that he can ultimately see the impact of his existence and understand why ultimately his existence may be negated and when he goes through all of that self-exploration via wormhole technology of some sort, which I don't actually consider it wormhole technology, it seems and appears to me that it's a it's connectedness. Like if you hear people who say they can see auras or they can see energy of other living beings, they talk about the energy in form of static and color or you know when you look at it it's almost like when you're at a barbecue especially if you're cooking and you get that heat atmosphere over the grill and it's like a sort of distorted reality when you see those wormhole connections coming out of the bodies of other people and how all of everything in one way or another is connected it's just these connections just floating through space time 
believe that it's through his own connection that Donnie folds space-time and gets to relive this his choices with the spirit guide Frank, who is really, in the regular world, his sister's boyfriend. And pretty much Donnie is troubled and he speaks his mind but he has a lot of fear and when he loses someone he loves he gets to make a decision he gets to choose whether his own life is as important as the lives of those he loves and he chooses the lives of those he loves and makes the ultimate sacrifice and he accepts death with a smile that's at least a very brief comprehension of Donnie Darko. I love Donnie Darko. I think it's a epic film with great storytelling. And it's just unique in how it's approached. And I think it's enjoyable both from a visual standpoint and from a storytelling standpoint. Because you can really look at it from... A multitude of angles uh, I just feel like these particular angles make a lot more sense to me because it's really about confronting fear and acknowledging connectivity and not being so engrossed in your ego that you would prefer to watch others suffer based on your decision-making than be willing to sacrifice those others just to fulfill your ego. Now the Kung Fu Panda one, Poe is a fat panda and he has a dream of being a great martial artist with the Furious Five. But he just works in his dad's noodle shop. Of course, it's not his dad. Spoiler alert. I mean, it's a foul, you know, part of the bird family. I'm not sure if he's a goose. I think he's a goose. <laughs> I'm not, I don't remember if he's a goose. He looks like a goose to me. Um, but pretty much, he just wants to go see the dragon warrior. Master Uguay the turtle points to him. It turns out he's the dragon warrior, which of course no one wants to believe because he doesn't know martial arts, at least consciously. And the movie on the surface might seem silly, might seem stupid, but again, you have those issues of fear, whether it be Master Shifu's inability to reconcile his own emotional suffering because his greatest student, Tai Lung, who is like an adopted son, is so pissed off that he's not the dragon warrior, that he destroys villages and has to be sent to prison. Of course, he escapes prison, kicks the shit out of the Furious Five, beats up Shifu, and then has to deal with Poe. 
the funny part about dealing with Poe is Poe is unorthodox. And that's precisely why Poe beat Tai Lung. Because in a traditional approach to martial arts, Poe wouldn't have stood a chance. But between his size, his strength, and oddly enough, things he learned while making noodles, things that he did on a day-to-day basis, they all became things that empowered him to the point where he could do amazing things so it's very interesting because it's a confrontation with the self you know the dream of being a master martial artist seemed a joke he was mistreated no one understood why he was there and it just didn't seem to make any sense to anyone but Uguay. And Uguay is a very enigmatic figure. He's not quite as cool or as strange as Yoda, but in his own way, he's very strange. And since there's a trilogy, you have those facets there. Um. So pretty much sorry about that um acceptance of certain things comes into play and of course in the first movie Poe defeats Tai Long however you start to go into the the sequel and the sequel's pretty probably the most disturbing out of the three films because spoiler alert you find out Poe's origins and you know it's not definitive per se but pretty much you know his parents were killed by an individual who uh, specifically a peacock who was told that uh, his destiny of ruling over China would be usurped by a black and white warrior which it was understood to be a panda so he went on a genocidal rampage wiping out pandas in the hopes of avoiding his destiny of being defeated by a panda and of course in the classical traditional sense of it in trying to control and alter the course of his destiny he makes his destiny manifest because Poe ends up with his father at that noodle shop and gets chosen as the dragon warrior and becomes well equipped to end his reign and again it's strange because Poe becomes aware that this peacock was responsible for destroying his family and yet he demonstrates forgiveness and the demonstration of forgiveness is always something to me at least that's visually disturbing because on the one hand you know people are capable of it but on the other hand it's just like wow I don't think I could forgive a person who 
destroyed my family and is trying to destroy me and everything I love and live for. And to actually tell them to let go of their hatred and you have to stop trying to be something you're not to the point where I'm not trying to control my reality. I've accepted my reality, but this oppositional force hasn't. And I think, again, a lot of things and a lot of stories deal with and confront notions of fear. And there is a lot of fear, and usually fear can be presented, you know, man versus nature man versus fellow man but if you look at the heart of all fear it's really fear of the self we think we know ourselves we think we know who we are but who we are the majority of the time is a social construct we present a face to ourselves and a face to the world but underneath that social mask and the veneer of that social mask there's a differing self and whether that self is repressed ignored or pushed to the side ultimately we have to confront that self and that confrontation sucks it's frightening and disturbing it's like Tyler Durden Fight Club uh, spoiler alert again for anyone who hasn't seen Fight Club or read the book. I prefer the book, by the way. But the movie's amazing. And pretty much the entire time you're looking at the Tyler Durden setup. You know, they do a very good job on the one hand of indicating that the two are one. But on the other hand, they make it seem very clear that they're two distinct beings. And then when you come to the realization that they are a whole composite entity that just has disparate personas, it's disturbing because the repressed self becomes the true self. And it's difficult because while that's an extreme version of it, full of hyperbole and such the fact remains we do that every day now whether it's the less glamorous and psychotic version of Tyler Durden that's running around in the earth in your body or it's the more feeble overwhelmed version or it's a hodgepodge of the two it's fear that drives either one because what people don't understand is that fear we all have it it's just your reaction to it that dictates who you are so one person could get on a roller coaster and be perfectly fine with it and another person could get on the same roller coaster and feel like they're losing their mind it's literally just how you perceive that experience. Like, how am I reacting to this? And where your reaction comes from, it can be so many different 
sources and varieties of sources or places is difficult to say. But you're going to have a reaction. And that reaction dictates who you are. And who you are is ultimately a complicated thing because it's a construct of your own mind. Who are you choosing to be in each and every moment? It dictates who you are. How you express yourself, what you dream of doing, and how you act on it. Whether you allow fear to grip you and seize you and paralyze you or not. Uh, I'm going to do a final synopsis because I just think this is one of the best or one of the most interesting love stories that I've come across. Um, Although that love story aspect is an interpretation on my behalf is The Future Diary. It's an anime based on a manga by Sakai Asuno and pretty much it's about an isolated, lonely young man who has a friend that he talks to who he doesn't think is real called Deus Ex Mahina and Deus alters the young man's diary. The young man keeps a diary and ultimately what happens is unbeknownst to him, his friend Deus is holding a tournament to see who will be the new god and within the confines of the tournament there are several other diary holders and pretty much the most important other diary holder from my point of view because obviously I perceive this as a love story is you know the young man's name is Yukatero he's usually referred to as Yuki and the girl the young woman character is you know and you know's very badass she seems psychotic at times there are certain circumstances behind her behavior that make you doubt her as much as Yuki does but the backstory behind why she's doing everything that she's doing which takes a lot of lead up to get to is phenomenal I mean it has elements of space time warping and multiple universes and multiple realities but suffice it to say that Yuno's feelings for Yuki are not only justified but they're overwhelming and to see someone go to the lengths that she went to reconnect with Yuki in this particular reality they're astronomical they traverse space and time they traverse lifelines they show a willingness for unbelievable crimes framed in a context that it's hard to judge because obviously I've never met another version of myself I've never 
even really imagined it as a possible reality. I mean, you see stuff like this in Rick and Morty all the time because Rick and Morty kicks ideas at you a thousand miles an hour like dirt. And you could go on and on conceptually with just ideas like the fact that Rick has no problem killing other Ricks indiscriminately because it doesn't matter to him. I mean, it's not even something he thinks about. Yet most of us would probably either shy away from or be so overwhelmed with actually meeting ourselves literally that it would be an earth-shattering premise. But it has those elements to it. I would definitely recommend watching it I mean is is an action anime and obviously it has certain content that might not be readily appreciated um stateside but considering the television renaissance that we've been experiencing with the walking dead and game of thrones and shows like that I mean even black mirror I thought that was a pretty intense series, particularly the first three episodes. Um, You know, even Rick and Morty and even a lot of the cartoons, Adventure Time, regular show, the Avatar series. There's been a lot of content stateside that's been very strong and... There are a lot of adult themes, even though it's all presented as children's or teenager entertainment, whatever. But it's very interesting. So those are most of the concepts bubbling around my head right now. Um, I'll probably tackle some more things coming up I will be referencing art and literature and I'm gonna go on a Stranger Things binge watch soon so I'll be talking shit about that shit and pretty much that's about it um I'm considering watching Thor Ragnarok, but I don't know if I could get metaphysical about that per se. I mean, even though he's supposed to confront death or an aspect of death in the form of Hela, I would have to see it to gauge what kind of reaction it would evoke from me. But that's about it. Appreciate your time. Thanks so much for paying any attention to this, and I hope you're all well and your lives are well and they continue to go well and if they're not going well do your best not to give up sometimes the shittiest days lead to really wonderful times hasta la pasta kirk out